Hi, my name is Lydia. And I'm Emma. And we're the hosts of Holy Ship. We are passionate about creating a space for women to talk about sexuality, their bodies, and all things relationships. We think that for so long, Christian spheres have often failed to address these topics with women in a healthy, shame-free, and open way. So welcome to Holy Ship, where we address all the taboo topics in a way that is honoring to you, your relationships, and God. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Holy Ship Podcast. Um, if Emma and I sound nasally today, it's because we are, we're sick. Um, so apologies. We'll sound a little more Valley Girl today. <laughs> so today's episode, we're talking about kind of how our transition from our women's health series has gone and how we've been like implementing low-tox living and like tracking our cycle and cycle syncing, all of that jazz. Um, so yeah, we also decided to start doing a question at the beginning of each episode from New York times, like list of 36 questions to fall in love, because why not? Um, we're just getting to know each other even better. So this week, our question is if you are given the choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want as a dinner guest? Emma, do you want to, you want to hit us with who you'd want as a dinner guest? Yes. However, I had someone in mind, but now I feel like I need to clarify, do they need to be dead or alive? Okay. I actually have two people. One's dead, one's alive. Okay. So you go first. Let okay. me think of one that's dead and one that's alive. Okay. So my deceased person would be Colin Powell. He was the old secretary of state. Love that man. Um, all of his books, incredible man of faith. Unparalleled. Like his leadership style was top notch. I would love to just sit down pick his brain, all that jazz. Um, the living one is Snoop Dogg. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I love Snoop Dogg. He's just crushing it. Like he's at the point of his life where he's like, I'm just going to do whatever I want. He's like a commercial. Sure. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's friends with Martha Stewart. Like, I feel like he's just like a cool dude to be around. And like, I don't know. I think it'd be fun. That's so funny. I also love uh, music. So there we go. I was going to pick a rapper too. <laughs> I was going to say Kanye West. Really? Yes. Interesting. Okay. I've been a fan of Kanye before Kanye was like super famous. Interesting. It always shocks me that you love rap music. Cause I don't really like rap music. I like Snoop Dogg just because he's kind of like. That shocks Drop me. It like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. That's so funny. Yeah. I was going to say Kanye West and then a dead person. Um, Gosh, the contrast between the two is so funny. Father Alexander Schwimmen, who is an Orthodox priest and theologian since dead, but he um, very prominent in America and kind of was like known for bringing Orthodoxy to America. Interesting. So, uh, like very interesting. That explains why I amazing, know. amazing books. So <laughs> definitely worth a read. Love that. So, you know, if anyone has access to Kanye West or Snoop Dogg, let us know. <laughs> okay, so now transitioning, we had uh, like a little mini women's health series with Cycleway Workshop and Radiantly Living with Faith. And then a couple like months ago, we even had um, Vanessa Ollie on. And so I feel like this past year, both of us have been really trying to like, I'll say like detox our lives a little bit and like, work on like healing our hormones, all that jazz. So I do just want to like start off and like talk, like, I know we both changed deodorants. 
how has the natural deodorant life been going for you? Great, actually. So I, I switched to a natural deodorant. Um, I'm trying to think, was it back in May? Mm-hmm. I switched and I switched because I, I was staying um, at my fiance's house and I forgot my deodorant. And so I used his and he used the like Schmitz all natural um, deodorant. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I got to do what I got to do. So I started using that and it like helped me to sweat less. Hmm. And I thought it was because of it had um, magnesium and charcoal. But then like, I would say after a week, like I bought it. And then after a week of using it, I just, I didn't smell like, I I mean, I I didn't smell bad, Mm -hmm. but I didn't smell like, like fresh, I guess. Interesting. Or at least I didn't want someone to like sniff under my underarm. I don't know. I had always used the, the spray deodorant. Oh, like the, like the almost aerosol. Yeah. 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 Um, antiperspirant. And so I still used my natural deodorant for a long time. And every time I would go in the office, I would like freshen up and spray that antiperspirant on. And that seemed to work out really well. But then I just like was going into the office a lot less in the summertime because I was traveling and I just used that natural stuff and I don't sweat as much anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, like in the summertime, and when I did sweat, like I didn't really smell that bad. I don't yeah. know. It's like, kind of fine. Yeah. So kind of a similar experience. I'm going to actually give two stories. So just parallel my before and after. Okay. I yeah. Think, well, I think, you know, the before story. I do. But I, like, so I want to preface, oh, yes, I okay. had that happen before your before was my before too. Okay. 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 So basically I used to sweat a lot. And so I would put like a lot of like of the gel, like antiperspirant deodorant on which, you know, is like horrible for you. And occasionally I would get like one, I would still sweat like massive amounts, but I would get like a sweat stream that would come out and it would start like rolling down my arm at like really weird times. And sometimes it would even like squirt out like in a stream. No way. I had this happen. Yes. And I'll explain even more. And this was the final push where I was like, yeah, I'm not wearing this anymore. I was on the subway and like, you have to like reach up to like hold the pole, you know? And there was a guy sitting like underneath me and he was kind of like bending forward, like reading a book. And I was wearing a tank top and the the sweat squirt. (laughs) And I squirt my sweat on this man. And he like looked up and I was like, oh my gosh, I felt like so embarrassed. So then I came home and I told my roommate and her boyfriend, I was like, guys, I'm mortified. And her boyfriend's like, no, that happens to me all the time. But it's only when I put like aluminum deodorant on like more than once a day because it clogs the pores. Like some of them will be like remain open and then all the sweat like comes through and like squares. He's like, I've had like mine like arch before. So gross story. I know. And so then I was like, like, the final push. I was like, we're unclogging these pores. This isn't happening anymore. And then after our episode with Faith, I was, she like listed like a brand that she uses. And I was like, you know what? I trust her. I'll switch. So I got the rustic maca deodorant ocean breeze scent. And I was heading to Greece and then to Ghana for work. And I was going to be gone for like a month. And I was like, you know what? 
I'm not trying to impress anyone there. So like now's the time to like smell if I'm going to smell, you know what I mean? And do the whole detox for deodorant. So I switched to natural deodorant and grease. And like, I didn't sweat the entire time I was in Greece, like maybe the first day, but then like my armpits didn't sweat at all. And I was like, this is interesting. And then I also wasn't smelling. And so then in Ghana, I just stopped wearing deodorant and I didn't sweat and I didn't smell. Yeah. Yeah. Like I sometimes stop wearing deodorant altogether. Yeah. And so I like haven't worn it in probably like four or five weeks. So I'm like not even wearing natural deodorant. I'm just not wearing deodorant anymore. And like, I, I like smell my pancake like multiple times be. a day. What? Yeah. I feel like that's how it should be. Like, when did we start conditioning everyone to think that we should smell like? Um, in fifth yeah, and sixth grade. <laughs> in fifth and sixth grade, when you smelled it in the hallway. <laughs> and I'm pro deodorant in those situations because the middle schoolers smell nasty. <laughs> yeah, but like they smell nasty, but then... It was like almost two extremes. It's like nasty or old spice or all okay. spice. Whatever. I actually do think that the reason we like smell so bad in middle school is because that's when hormones start kicking in. And I think a lot of people's hormones aren't balanced, which is why you like smell weird and like have all these like weird things. You know what I mean? And so I think actually, like if you started living like low tox before middle school, it probably wouldn't smell as bad. For sure. If you had a healthy diet, healthy mm-hmm. exercise routine, healthy environment, but like, I mean, this could go into a whole nother, more deeper mm-hmm. tangent, um, just about how, like, we have all of these problems, but we're fixing them with like band-aid yeah. fixes. We're yeah. not actually seeing what the root cause is. Mm-hmm. Instead, we're just keep on prescribing people things to do and yeah. ways to yeah. cover up then actually find a solution. Mm-hmm. And the solution yeah. can be really disgusting when you're trying to reset everything. <laughs> oh, like initially, like as you're detoxing? Like as far as deodorant goes. Oh, oh I see, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of work um, to live low tox. It takes a lot of work to be like all natural. It's not easy. It's not like very accessible and it's not very affordable all the time but I also think that like once you start doing it it does become easier fair yeah like like, you just like put that into your routine that's just like something you're prioritizing and it's like comes kind of second nature you know right you can also make your own deodorant that's fair I've never done that but also don't wear a deodorant anymore so see that you can make it for cheaper than you can buy it another thing and, and you know wrote me back in if I'm going too far down another road. But another thing is like toothpaste Mm -hmm. can have so many toxins in it and it's so cheap to make. So I switched to a all natural toothpaste around the same time I switched to an all natural deodorant. And I love this toothpaste. Like I've been, I still, I still use it because I crave convenience but, um, my fiance started making his own toothpaste and I was like, that's disgusting. I'm not putting straight baking soda on my teeth. And he was like, no, it's not just baking soda. Like it's baking soda, coconut oil, peppermint, essential oil. Um, and like something else, I can't remember the other ingredient. And I was like, okay, weird. And then I was brushing my teeth that night and I was like, I'm just going to look at the ingredients. Every single ingredient was the same he mentioned. (laughs) I was paying 
like three, $4 more uh-huh. to get it all packaged and cute. Yeah. Well, there's, like, there's the recipe. So like, yeah, I feel like that's another hard thing with being low tox or like all naturals because it costs a lot in the store, but people really don't like know how to make it at home, Mm -hmm. nor do we prioritize the time to do that. I mean, I don't even do that. Mm -hmm. Like if I, if I can buy it, I'm probably going to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Kind of along this lines. I know like you eat super healthy. Yes. And you like already started, like, I'll say like living like low tox, like diet wise way before I did. Do you want to share like how that's going for your has been going for like several years? Like ever since I've known you actually, you've done this. And then I can share how it's been going for me as I've been trying to help this out in my life. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of like on the, I'm still in the process of like healing myself Mm -hmm. because when I moved, I always lived very, like, I would say non-tox healthy um, when I lived with my parents before moving to New York. But when, when I moved to New York, um, a lot of health problems started happening. Like, obviously I was introduced in a new culture. Mm -hmm. So like my first year living here, I was very much and like trigger warning for anyone with eating disorders. I was very much like anorexic. And so I didn't really eat anything. And then when I started to eat food again, like towards the middle of college, I like didn't really know how to have a balanced diet. Mm -hmm. So I just ate a whole bunch of like sugar And I remember um, going to Trader Joe's and I would get the mango strips. Oh my word, those are so good. Were you in my life at that point in time? I feel like I was, but I feel like it was just the beginning. Yeah, maybe just beginning. But like I would go to Trader Joe's um, twice a week to get groceries because, you know, Trader Joe's food goes bad fast. Mm -hmm. Every single time I went to Trader Joe's, I would get a bag of those dried mangoes. And I would eat the entire bag on the subway back home. Dang. My subway trip was one stop. I was eating those. They're addictive. They're they're so addictive, but it wasn't even like, like, that's not too bad. Okay. Like two bags a week, but it was the fact that I also bought so much fruit and candy and sugary, like the cookies and all the bags. I was just like, need on a sugar high. So then after that, like year or phase of my life, I was having all, like I started gaining weight for the first time in my life, like really gaining weight. And I went to a doctor in New York and I was like, what's going on? And she was more of a a natural doctor. And she was like, you know, you might have like a, like a thyroid issue or, um, you know, like how are your periods? And I was like, like, bad. Mm -hmm. And so I went to a holistic doctor in Florida who basically was like, you know, you might have PCOS. And the reason why I'm bringing this into it with your question is because food has a lot to play all of these problems. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, after that, I was like, okay, well, like, how do I fix this naturally? If I, you know, she was like, it's not so bad right now where we need to do like full body scan and like do this, but just based off of your symptoms, there's a couple of things you can do. So I took, I got blood tests. Basically I was like pre-diabetic at that Mm -hmm. time. So my progesterone, progesterone levels were like super low. My estrogen levels were super high. 
which explained like why I got boobs right away, like all at once. And like my hair was growing so fast everywhere. I was gaining weight. And, um, and so like, I, I was freaking out. I was like, what do I do? So I basically had to kind of go on a keto diet Mm -hmm. for a while because I needed to kind of cut the sugar. Yeah. And, um, that was rough, but then I was like losing weight. Mm-hmm. So I was back on that losing weight trend. Yeah. And I was thinking like, what are all, what are all like the low carb, low sugar, low diet stuff? Well, the almond milk, like the 30 calorie almond milk stuff loaded with like xanthium gums, yeah. like preservatives. And same goes for a ton of like fit things, like the fit fiber one bars. And so like just unhealthy mindset, unhealthy diet. It was like, like this, like curve I was going through. And then I think everything came to a crashing halt when I started my full-time job and I got so, 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 so sick. We're not even like medication helped me. Mm-hmm. And I finally just had to like, just start a, like a holistic diet. Like I had to start eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm-hmm. I had to drink less caffeine. I started drinking bone broth. Mm-hmm. Lydia so brought me bone broth <laughs> for many days when I was very, very sick at this point in my life. And, um, basically, yeah. And I just started eating. I, I did gain weight, but like now I think like I haven't gained weight in, in a year. So I'm at like, I think my body's at point, but I don't, I don't eliminate any food anymore. Like I eat carbs. I do have a little bit of dairy. Like I try to, like, if I'm going to have bread, I want to get like a local baked bread where I know like the ingredients it's made locally. Um, same with meat. Like I want to get grass finished meat. Um, so I know that that food doesn't have added hormones and preservatives, um, all organic fruit. I know it's, it's such a financial like bane of my existence. Um, but I don't eat any like processed snacks Mm -hmm. ever, but I think because I eat now like everything and I just have like three full meals a day. Yeah. Um, I also, when I'm sick, I haven't taken prescription and prescription drugs in a year and a half ever since that, like one point in my life. And I've been like healing, like every sickness I've had Mm -hmm. naturally, I have been getting sick a lot more frequently, I think, but I think it's because of stress and and environmental things. Like we don't get as much sun here. Yeah, that's Uh, true. (laughs) I don't get as much sleep as I did in college, like just not like a very balanced lifestyle in that aspect. But other than that, like it's been a a really long journey to just figure out how, how much we've been lied to, um, like women had to have been lied to, to like look a certain way, um, all of these like marketing strategies that company uses Mm -hmm. to make you think their food is healthy and good for you, not. Mm-hmm. I'm like actually really glad you brought up like an eating disorder because I've been thinking about this like a lot recently and like if you don't want to like share your story you don't have to but I think like in the last like month and a half well actually like probably like four months 
I've been like realizing, I don't think I ever had like a full on eating disorder, but I think I had like a very unhealthy relationship with food. So like for like, I've like talked about this before on the podcast, but like I have like a lot of like health problems and it went like misdiagnosed for like several years. And so like the like treatments that they were giving me or like the like lifestyles I was like having to live were actually like hurting me like more than they were helping me. But, like even yeah. growing up, my mom was like very healthy and she like had us eat like very healthy, organic, all sorts of food. Like we didn't have chocolate chips. We had carob chips. And if you've ever had carob chips, you know how disgusting they are. They suck. Yeah. But I, and like, obviously like love my mom for that. Cause I think like growing up, I was like a lot healthier, but I think the way it was presented was like, there's healthy foods. And if you eat healthy foods, you're healthy and there's unhealthy foods. And if you eat unhealthy foods, then you're unhealthy. And like, I really like saw that. And I also think I saw weight as an indicator of health, mm. which like, isn't necessarily like true. And I've always been like pretty skinny, like my entire life. And starting, I think like my senior year of high school into college, like the doctors told me that I had to start doing like an hour of intense cardio every single day in order for like, basically my heart to like keep working. And so like, I would like do that. And like, Emma, like you used to work out with me too. Um, yeah, that was crazy. I remember mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And so like, I was doing that and it was like taking a huge toll on my body, just like physically, because that's like a lot of cardio to do. And like, even as we've been talking to like other people on the podcast, like it's not always the best option for each part of your cycle. And I was never even like presented that like at the doctor's office, but like during that time, like I was like trying to eat so healthy. Like, I don't think I was actually eating enough food. Mm. And I think like, I was trying so hard to be healthy and like be fit. And I think like part of it was like a medical scare, but I think also part of it was like a weight thing. And like, I like had abs for part of that time, but like, I also like wasn't eating like anything. I was eating like a salad or two a day, you know? Mm -hmm. And then a couple months ago, I like had a new doctor, like actually like diagnosed me correctly. And he was like, you cannot be like working out like that much. He's like, that's really bad for you, especially for like your like medical problems. And so I had to stop like working out fully for a while until I could like work myself up to like just doing like weight type work, working out. Mm -hmm. Like I gained like a lot of weight and like all of a sudden I was like, I like don't like necessarily know who I am. Like if I'm not working out, if I'm not like eating healthy, if I like don't look a certain way and it was like really weird. And I had to like come to this point where I was like trying to eat healthy, but also like I had like no energy to like cook anything. So I was eating frozen meals. And like, that was like literally the only way I was like getting food was like by just having frozen meals. Mm Mm-hmm. And like, it was like weird. And I'm like trying to like balance now. And I've been like going to the doctor about this of like eating like healthy versus becoming like fixated on that. And like, also like, is there a balance between like eating, like I'll say like normal food and like on the healthier side, but also still having food that like, is like yummy that you like enjoy, you know what I mean? And just like, also just being happy with like where your body's at, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And so it's like, And I feel like I'm finally at a point in my life where like, I'm like, okay with how my body looks. I'm okay with like what level of exercise I'm able to do like for me, like health wise, Mm. but like, I'm also like not eating like as healthy as I probably could be, or as like a low tox as I could be. And I'm like trying to like figure out the balance. And so I haven't like really been able to switch over. It's like low tox food at all. Just because I'm like, I actually want to make sure I'm eating. And like, I don't know if like at this point I can like fully switch over to that. Right. And like, still like be like healthy, like mentally, physically, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I think, yeah, I, I definitely, there's like intuitive eating, mm-hmm. like that whole, um, idea is about like, how do we just, just eat like anything we want, but with a healthy mindset, like listening to our hunger cues, like sitting down, appreciating the meal in front of us, appreciating the snack. Like if we, mm-hmm. we want a snack, why do we want it? Like if we're craving salty foods, like, do we, you know, do we have enough water? Like, you know, like what listening to all of our body's cues, I think is really important for me. The whole reason why, like I spend so much money on food to get it as like natural as I can is because like food is medicine and Mm -hmm. I have been able to fix a lot of my health issues by being very like religious about Mm -hmm. like seeing the quality of my ingredients because it matters for Mm -hmm. like a lot of health reasons. Um, Like even a little thing, like I've been, when I got strep throat um, earlier this year, um, I was doing like garlic and honey as like a natural antibiotic. And I was getting like an all natural, like garlic bulb head, whatever from like a local farmer's market. And then when I came back to New York, I switched to just whatever you can get off of like gorillas or getter (laughs) for like an easy delivery service. And I don't know what it is. It it wasn't like organic or natural. Like it's clearly been in a thousand grocery stores before. Yeah. But the difference is I now like fart. (laughs) 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 I can like actually, and it's a different color. The fart or your poop? No, no, no. The garlic, like brush it. (laughs) It's like kind of, and, and like, I don't want people to be like, oh, I mean, you have like bad garlic. I'm like, no, I've consistently tried this one particular garlic and it's just not as high a quality. And I don't, I don't know what that indicates, but I just like, I can feel in my body when I eat something that's heavily processed Mm -hmm. or um, preserved, like my body gives me very obvious cues. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be farting garlic. Yeah. (laughs) honestly but yeah I think both can go hand in hand really well because like the other day I was out having lunch with friends and co-workers and like we were celebrating my birthday super late and we all ordered like chocolate cake like in the middle of the afternoon and we all had a huge like slice of chocolate cake and it's like yeah like sure have a cake after lunch like just have a deal Mm mm-hmm you know, don't have chocolate cake after lunch every single day. Yeah. But you know, just like, if that's what you want, you're celebrating, like live in the moment. Don't get too hung up on everything. Yeah. That's where, you know, I went so wrong in my, my earlier years. It's also like, once you get older, you just have so much more to deal with. It's true. true. And like thinking about how you look and what you eat. It's like, no, I have bigger fish to fry. (laughs) than this but like when you're young you're like oh you know all I worry about is you know what people think of me Mm -hmm. that plays into a lot of those situations but takes a lot of work I think for women to balance their hormones and to live life 
well around Mm -hmm. their cycle. And I just think a lot of women are misinformed or underinformed about how they should be treating their bodies um, and fueling them. But Mm -hmm. that's just my take. So I've been appreciating (laughs) our guests who have more like specific knowledge on this than just like our general idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, so if any of you guys like have any of these symptoms or can relate in any way, you should probably check it out. Probably yeah. read a little bit more about it. So kind of going back to like the PCOS thing, um, we had someone write in a question, just like ask about like resources for PCOS, all that jazz. And so I immediately texted you, Emma, cause I was like, you know, this stuff. Um, and you like talked about this a little bit with like trying different like foods to like help like kill your body, all that jazz. Um, And so, yeah, we put together like a little like resource guide for people who like think they're struggling with PCOS or are struggling with PCOS. Um, But I have like actually a a lot of like resources on this and we'll actually post these. We'll put them in the show notes, all that jazz. But I was talking with my friend who actually like works in like the like fertility like field, you know, Mm -hmm. and so they do like a lot of research on PCOS and there's an Instagram account. Well, it's actually a fertility clinic, but they have an Instagram account. Um, but it's called CHR New York. And they're one of the leading researchers on PCOS and like specifically the different types of PCOS and like actually diagnosing that in women. Cause lots of doctors are like, yeah, you have it, but like, don't actually go into like the different like subtypes of it and like how those specifically affect women, mm-hmm. like fertility, painful periods, all that jazz. So they actually have like a lot of research on that. And I can like share some like reels about that later this week as well, but I would check them out. But then for like nutrition, like diet stuff to help with PCOS, Emma, you sent, what is it? Tris Alexandra nutrition, mm-hmm. the underscore online dietitian, and then the women's dietitian. And so those are three other accounts that like help with like PCOS diet and like lifestyle like type situations. Unless like, I'll say like research, like you read it, you know what I mean? Um, and then, um, cycle way workshop, she like reached out and she was like, yo, you should check out Alyssa Vitti's books, um, in the flow. And then woman, woman code, because she was like really a pioneer and like the research and, and like, in terms of like cycle syncing and healing hormones that like are linked to that as well. Um, and so I guess I would like go along with more like research style resources. I don't know, but yeah. For sure. Very interesting. Yeah, definitely go see. I would, I mean, I don't think that going to see just like a, a typical primary care physician would really help. If you're experiencing some symptoms of like PCOS, I would go see a naturopath or like a integrative medicine doctor, who maybe does both, mm-hmm. um, holistic and, um, regular medicine. There's a word for that, but I can't think of it. Um, yeah, because I, I think you'll definitely need to like, it'd be good to get your blood drawn. Like Mm -hmm. that way you can see where your hormones are at. Um, but PCOS can be very frustrating, especially with like how your body changes and, or lack thereof. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why a lot of those accounts have been so beneficial for me. There's also like a lot of, um, resource 
within them on like how to lose weight with PCOS, which is probably the most frustrating thing um, because of like how much our body craves sugar and all that stuff. So it's just, it's just hard. But um, luckily I feel like I, I managed my symptoms and like caught it like really young that I now know like how to feed my body. And when I'm experiencing like some of those symptoms, I'm like, okay, I need to maybe more determined and yeah. uh, Yeah. It's like more intuitive. So yeah, they're great resources. So going off of like periods, I guess that's, it's a jump, but it's a segue. Um, (laughs) Resources. Period. (laughs) Have you tried any like menstrual discs, menstrual cups, like switching over? Not yet, but I will. Explain to us the box under your sink. (laughs) I know. I know. Wait, that's so funny. You saw that? Yeah. Cause I brought it up one time. Yeah. Cause you had to change my toilet paper in my apartment. Yeah, I did. That's funny. Yeah. So I've been having a, I have a flex disc box just chilling in my bathroom vanity and I'm so afraid to try it out, but Lydia is not, she's fearless at everything she does. False. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I will, I will make the change one day, if not to a disc, to a cup. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause like, I understand all the benefits. I've always been a tampon girly, mm-hmm. but, um, so Lydia, tell me and our lovely listeners your experience. So I didn't mean to throw you under the bus there, but I wanted to throw you under the bus because what I do, I want people to know that like, it is kind of scary to switch towards it. You know what I mean? And I also was scared to switch towards it, but I had a little bit more drastic thing happen that I had to switch over. And you're looking at me like I'm crazy. Bear with me. Okay. So I was like, yeah, I should like totally switch to like a cup or a disc. And I've been thinking about this for probably like years now, like when cups started becoming a thing. But what terrifies me is that cups have like suction. You know what I mean? So it's like a, like, it's a little bit harder to like pull it out. And like women experience more discomfort, they say. Have you tried it? Suction. I have never tried this. This is just like me talking with people about this. Okay. Versus okay. the discs aren't a suction sticker in there. You know what I mean? Right. It's a little bit like easier to come out. Now I'm going to plug this account and y'all prepare. This account is great. Funny, random. Her name's, well, her Instagram handle style fit fatty. And I am obsessed with her Instagram and her stories are like mainly where like all of like this stuff happens, but like they talk about like everything from like sex to periods. Like, I mean, just like random things like butt sunning. Okay. Which apparently has helped. Yeah. Yes. Per- what is it called? Like perinatal, perinatal, nail, perineum or Perine- yes. Perinatal, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yes. I know about this and it's wild. Sorry. I don't want to go on a tangent, but walk us through specifically how, what happens with it? Oh, oh, with butt sunning? No. (laughs) (laughs) With the the disc. Oh, okay. 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 That's right. Seems a little straightforward. You you know, your moon under Um, the So basically I was like thinking about switching to a cup and like, I hadn't even like heard of discs before I followed her and she was like, I use the like Nixit, like reusable, like disc. So it's like basically the same, like medical grade silicone that like a cup's made out of, but it's like a you disc don't format. Use the flex one. What? 
You don't use the flex one? No, no. Here, just let me, let me tell okay, you. Okay, okay, okay. You're taking so, so long. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's because I keep getting interrupted. So fast version. <laughs> she was like, this changed my life. And everyone in like her comments was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like Nix, it's the best. Like I was super scared. And lots of people were having trouble at first, like using it. Cause it was like still leaking and stuff. And then everyone was like, no, 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 no. Like, here's how you do it or whatever. So they solve it. And now everyone's like, this is the best thing ever. Okay. Right. Also terrifying. Cause it's like a huge disc that you're like shoving up your vagina. Sure. And that's a little, that's a little like threatening, you know? So I was like, you know what? I'm going to switch over. And I got confused and got the flex discs, the like disposable ones instead of the Nixit reusable one, which worked out better for me because I was like, this will be great for when I'm in Ghana and don't have access to like a bathroom, to a sink, to like, I like wouldn't be able to like boil a cup to clean it. You know what I mean? Like I have like a lot of access to things. And so I like started using the flex flex discs when I was there and I didn't even pack any pads or tampons. I was like, you know what? We're going to use it when I get it. And I'm just switching full over to like the menstrual disc. So that was what I was saying. Like something happened where I was just like, well, I don't really have anywhere to dispose of like pads or tampons this entire time or even like to change it. So I was like, might as well use a disc because you can leave it in for 12 hours and it's self-emptying. So, but like how, so you said the cup is like a section. Yes. How so is the difference more comfortable? So the cup, you stick it in and it kind of like opens up and like suctions there. And that's how it's like sitting in there versus the disc. You like put it in kind of like a tampon and then you push it up with your finger and it rests behind your pubic bone in your vagina. Okay. So it's like kind of like laying there flat collecting, you know, the blood but it's not like suctioned in there. So when you're taking it out, it's more like just taking out like a tampon minus like the like dry stickiness, you know what I mean? Where it kind of like pulls mm-hmm. and the cup where you would have that like little suction that you kind of have to like to it out. You know what I mean? So how do you get it out? You just pull it out. Like you reach your finger in there, you hook it and you swoop it out. But what's incredible about these is they self empty. So when you sit on the toilet and you bear down, like you're like going to take like a poop, it like tilts it down. Your pelvic floor muscles tilt it down. It self empties. And then you just push it back up. Shut up. And then you can like keep using it for the rest of the day. And you don't have to worry about it overflowing, but it also holds up to like 12 hours. Is it messy? Like when you do take it out? So no. Cause so what I do is I either take it out in the shower or I'll self empty it on the toilet and then I'll take it out. That makes sense. Yeah, I will say when I was in Ghana, lots of times I was changing it in a field and that (laughs) was a little less convenient to like shove your finger up there. You know what I mean? Like it caused a lot more um, variables, That's you know, but anyway, I like swear by these now, like they're so nice. And I actually think, so I'm going to get like the reusable ones now that I'm not like in Ghana. Uh-huh. And I think I might get the Nixit reusable one just because I have seen style fit how to use those. And what can I say? I'm easily influenced. So, so you just did it and it worked out like just. Yeah. First- well, listen, before I went to Ghana, when I had Wi-Fi, I was like, I'm going to look up all of the YouTube videos, all of the tips. And again, style fit fatty, she goes through like all of the tips, like how you can actually make sure it's behind your pubic bone, like all of this stuff. And so I was like, you know what? Like, it's just going to have to work. And if it doesn't, oh, well, you know, I gotcha. I gotcha. So, um, you know, since this podcast is already TMI, <laughs> were you previously using tampons? Not really. 
I am not like a heavy bleeder. So I normally use like a pad. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So like every once in a while I use a tampon, like if I'm swimming or whatever, but like, and like sometimes if I just like know it's gonna be a long day, but like, honestly, like I don't bleed that much. See, I'm afraid if I'm passing one of those great blood clots, that flight disc is coming right out. But like, no, like it's like, so the disposable ones are like a silicone ring with like a bag in it. And I doubt, doubt you would fill up that entire bag. Girl. Like I, I would be like very curious. <laughs> but then every time you pee, you can self-empty it. You know what I mean? True. So it's like, not like it's going to get like overflowing. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. you try it out. You let us know. Cause you have heavier flow and we'll keep everyone updated. That's but true. I'm so terrified though. I'll like, listen, I can like help you show like how to like put it in so simple. And it's like the same, like once you squeeze it, it's like the same width as like a super tampon, you know what I mean? Or less than that, honestly. Oh yeah. No, I could, I could put like double super. Yeah. That's not the issue for me. I'm yeah. I don't know. It's just so scary. No, I will admit it's, it's scary. What is wrong with us? Well, I don't think anything's wrong with us, but like, they're like, they're scared too. I think the difference between you and me specifically in this situation is that I'm just kind of like, well, this might as well happen. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Think about it a little bit less. Like, I just, like, have made a decision. I'm like, yeah, we're going with it. Fair enough. Yeah, like, if I was put in a situation where I'm going to bleed out or I'm going to use a flex disc, I'm yeah. going to use flex disc and just make exactly. it. Like, I kind of had to, like, force myself there, but also it was, like, way more convenient in Ghana because, like, I had my period in, like, a remote village. So I'm like, well. That's like, so, that sentence is quite funny. <laughs> what an experience you have had. Yeah, we'll say makes you really think about like girls who don't have access to like, mm. products. Um, yes. I'm very, very passionate about like ending period poverty. Yeah. And the pink tax mm-hmm. is literally the enemy, but whatever. Yeah. If you guys want to make sure to like subscribe to us, to like comment, respond to any of our posts we would love to hear from you and as always you can follow us at the holy podcast on instagram and the holy at gmail.com so we hope you have a great week 